God is good, isn't he? Thank you for being here on Wednesday evening, studying the word of the Lord. <clears throat> and I was thinking today just about us going through this search for truth. It's actually a 12-lesson uh, study, but we've already had close to that, and, and we're going to have some more because I want to take my time and, and talk to you from these things that I feel are so vital and so important. I, I don't know how you feel, but I believe the word of the Lord has to be implanted deep into our spirit. Amen. I love what David said. We talked about this a little bit. Brother Ed Rice uh, doing uh, the, the foolproof man on Monday night, and it came up, the scripture did. David said, Thy word, O God, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I believe the word of the Lord is important in our life, don't you? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Rhonda Mann, Brother David asked that we pray for her. She has uh, is suffering with another bout of COVID, and uh, she's <clears throat> been sick for the last few days, so we need to remember her. Also, Sister Renee Frost went back into the hospital today, and they thought it was worse than what it, they, they thought there was something else there, but she came out of there, and it wasn't what they thought. Am I telling right? And so we remember her in prayer this evening for quick recovery. My mom is still not able to be in the house of the Lord today. Brother Bob Mizell is in Shreveport having some tests today. We need to remember these things. <laughs> and I pray that all of your needs and all of our requests will be taken to the Lord, and he's able this evening to do what we can't do. Amen. He's the chief doctor. He's the great surgeon. He's the great physician. And he knows what we need. If you have a need today, slip it up before the Lord. Slip your hand up and let's pray. Jesus, we ask you to take care of every need right now. Let the presence of God be in this room today. Let the Holy Ghost minister to your people today. We need you, Lord Jesus. We ask you to touch our mind and our heart. We ask you to take care of every one of these requests that we brought before you today. See every unspoken request. Let the hand of God be upon us tonight as we study your word. In Jesus' name we ask, and everybody said amen. Now turn around, and if you're not close to somebody, just at least wave at them. Tell them how glad you are to see them today. <coughs> amen. Brother Tommy, I want to start this evening. You may be seated. God bless you. I want to start this evening by going back over uh, Lesson 8, Chart 6, if you will. We'll start right there, Lesson 8, Chart 6. Now, now Sunday was a, a unique Sunday. Uh, Sunday was Pentecost Sunday, and I, I preached longer than I have in many, many, many days. And I have took some abuse for that. Amen. But uh, nevertheless, I said what I needed to say. But uh, somebody here, a couple of people I know received the baptism of the Holy Ghost here Sunday, and that's worth everything. Amen? That's worth everything. Praise God. <clears throat> I, I, I still believe that's the most important thing in our lives is getting everybody saved and right with God. And It's not about entertainment. It's not about going through the motions. It's about who we can get to this altar or wherever to repent of their sins and get the baptism of the Spirit and and go down in the waters of baptism and be born of water and spirit. That's what this church is all about. Amen. So tonight you're going to hear a few things that are repetitive, but I'm going to slow way down tonight. Matter of fact, I had someone call me last night and, and, and question me again, somebody that, that is learning and doesn't know, and said, tell me this again. And so I, I went through the day of Pentecost and what it meant in just a brief, brief way. But, uh, you know, I believe this is something that we ought to, to take heed of. Now, the rest of our lessons, we're going to be studying through the New Testament and talking about how to live, and some of that we may get to tonight, the epistles and the instructions that God gives us. And then at the end of it all, we're going to the book of Revelation and talk about the end time and talk about where we are and uh, what is to come. And I do believe that there are some things that are on the brink of happening. I don't know how you feel, but I believe that we are they that will see the end of all things. I just believe that. You believe what you want to. I believe the world is, uh, is closely approaching the coming of the Lord and that time is short and that we are fulfilling prophecies 
and the prophecies have been fulfilled, and we're waiting on the coming of the Lord very soon. Amen? Amen. Let me, let me just refresh for just a moment. We, now, we studied a lot last Wednesday of what I preached on Sunday, and we're going to go back to some of that tonight because I want to give you some things in detail, and I hope you, I hope you will uh, take notes. And if you didn't get a handout last week, there's some handouts Brother David has. If you'll hold your hand up, if you don't have one, you'd like to have one, grab one. Amen. Uh, Sister Sadie there, there, here's one over here. Dennis needs one. This is one over here. Just, just hand those out while I start, Brother David. <coughs> the Bible, uh, let, let, me, let me first of all talk to you about the Holy Ghost given to believers. The Holy Ghost, which we talked about Sunday during Jesus' ministry, he often referred to the gift of the Holy Ghost that believers should receive. I love this scripture, and my wife uh, came home yesterday, and someone had, had, had talked with her and, and started a conversation with her uh, about religion, and uh, she, she can't really talk about that unless people want to, but uh, she began to tell this, this individual about the Holy Ghost, and, and, and this is... This is something I want you to grasp tonight. If we don't get past this scripture, I want you to grasp this one right here. It's John 7, 37. I, I've preached in this scripture many times, but in the last days, the Bible said, or in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said. Would you say that with me? He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said. It's one thing to say, I believe, but you have to believe as the Scripture has said. Now, I could go into the, the teaching of faith and, and tell you tonight that the Scriptures tell us that every man has a measure of faith. Everybody here has got faith. It is given to every man. A measure of faith. Some have more faith than others, but we're all given faith. But this is not talking about that kind of faith. This is talking about believing on the Lord as the Scripture has said. Because here's what he said. If you believe as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. When you believe as the Scripture has said, I believe you're going to receive the baptism of the Spirit. How do I know that? Because the next verse says this, For thus spake he of the Spirit, or of, the, of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So here's, here's, here's the bottom line here on this uh, Wednesday night. I believe the Holy Ghost is given to believers. We have this this great belief in the world today that all you have to do is, is believe. That's, you can just say, I believe, and that's the end of it. We do not find that in the Scriptures. I challenge you on this Wednesday night to find any place in the Scripture where anybody ever received the Spirit of God or the baptism of the Holy Ghost by simply saying, I believe. Not in there. So the, before Jesus left, he, he told his disciples to wait for the promise which he was going to send to them. And he talked about John baptizing. This is refreshing your memory. And then uh, let me just say it to you this way. First believe, that's not, yeah, first believe, then receive. That's what we want to do and what we want to understand. Here's what the Bible said in the book of Mark. The Bible said, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But it also said they shall speak with new tongues. In my name. He that believeth on me is going to speak in new tongues. And then Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit is the seal of salvation after hearing and believing the gospel. The Bible said in Luke eleven thirteen, 13, we are asked 
to, to we, we are to ask our heavenly Father, and he will gladly give us the Holy Ghost. This is a scripture that I referred to on Sunday morning. And if you were not here Sunday morning, I preached an hour about Pentecost and about people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So what is the Holy Ghost? What is the Holy Ghost? Here's what the Holy Ghost is. It is the Spirit of God. Is it the same Spirit that was in the beginning? Yes. But a different manifestation of God for the, the dispensation of grace. So what we do understand and we know, and, and please, I'm going to do this tonight. If you don't understand something, stop me. Brave your hand and say, explain that better. Because if we don't get anything else in search for truth, we got to get this. This is the most important thing we'll study. Everything that we've studied up until now is, is all good. Types and shadows of the Old Testament, all of the history, the, the law, the prophets, and all the things that we've looked at. But this is what it brought us to. The Lord, the Lord wants us to be born again of water and spirit. So what is the spirit? We know that in the beginning was a spirit. John 4, 24, God is a spirit. We know that Jesus Christ was God incarnate, or in other words, it was God manifest in the flesh. The body of Jesus Christ housed God. I talked about that Sunday. He was 100% man, yet he was 100% God. So what is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost? It is God's Spirit coming down not to be with us, but to be in us. It was a new manifestation of God in the book of Acts. Who was this? Or, 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 let, me, let me just say it this way. He's the same spirit that created and spoke the world into existence, but instead of being upon men, he now lives in men. Does that make sense to you? So it was a new manifestation of, of the presence of God in our life. This is chart seven, brother, brother Tommy. Amen. I'm glad to have you back tonight. We had Jeff running laps up there last week. He was trying to do everything. But uh, the Holy Spirit is given to believers. First believe, here we are right here. The purpose of the Holy Spirit. No, that's not the one. Yes, it is. That is the one I want. God's new manifestation. You find that in John 7, 37, which I just quoted. The promise of the Father. This is what the Lord talked about. This is why he said, go tarry, you're going to receive my promise. Uh, I, I read all of these scriptures Sunday. It is a gift. Everybody say it is a gift. I handed the gift of $5 to somebody here, so I handed it to ever. Actually, David wanted it, but I, I, I told David he couldn't have it. He, you know what he told me? He said, I was going to give it to her anyway. I knew you were, David. Amen. But it, it is a gift. The Holy Ghost is not just a gift. It is the comforter. Say this with me, the comforter. The Bible said another term Jesus used for the Spirit of God or the Holy Ghost was this, John 15, 26. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And then in John 16 and 7, Jesus said this. I love this scripture. Is it, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. In other words, I have to ascend before the Holy Ghost can come down. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of a departed person. You know what Jesus was when he ascended? He was a departed person. This is why the Holy Ghost came down as the comforter that he promised. What is the comforter? The word implies that he will soothe us in distress and sorrow. He will ease the misery of our grief, bring consolation and hope to the hopeless. When in trouble, he gives us aid and encouragement. Who could ask for a dearer friend than the Holy Ghost in the time when we need comfort? Amen? He is the comforter. Not only that, the purpose of the Holy Ghost is the seal of ownership. Listen to this. The Spirit of God 
seal of ownership upon our lives. Here's what Ephesians, Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, and he said this in chapter 1, verse 13. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession and the praise of his glory. We were sealed in ownership. We're his. That, that tells us when we receive his spirit that we belong to God and we're sealed with his ownership. And as a matter of fact, the Bible talks about the earnest of our inheritance. That, that's just the interest of our inheritance. There's a whole lot more to come when you receive the Holy Ghost. This is just a small part of what God has promised those who receive his spirit. The Bible said in Ephesians 4.30, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Aren't you glad that you have the seal of ownership on your life when you come to Jesus, when you repent of your sins, when, you, when you're baptized in his name, you become a child of God and he stamps that and seals that and it is going to be a blessed hope for us eternity throughout eternity. Paul said to the Corinthians, he said, who hath also sealed us and give us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Everybody say this with me. There's a whole lot more that God has for you. You've just received the earnest of your inheritance. Just a little bit of what God's got for you. The Holy Ghost is both a seal of God's ownership in our lives and a guarantee that we're going to enjoy the fullness of God in the future. Amen. Not only that, the Holy Ghost is a witness that we, that we dwell in him and he in us. The Holy Ghost. I said this Sunday, and I'll say this to you that are here tonight, because I want you to learn these things. These, these scriptures are in the sheets that I hand out. I wish you'd study every one of them, because, because to be in Christ and for Christ to be in you is the greatest thing, and why would anybody want to avoid being full of the Holy Ghost. I, I would never understand someone that calls themselves a Christian that does not want to receive everything God has for them. Are you with me? I want everything. I mean everything that God has for me. To, to, to let us know that officially we are members of this new covenant and have our names written in the Lamb's book of life, the Spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are his. his. Here's what John said. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him. I'm dwelling in God and God's dwelling in me. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. How do you know you're in Christ? Because he fills you with his spirit. Amen? He gave us the spirit. Hereby we know that we dwell, or we know we that dwell in him, and he in us because he hath given us his spirit. That's 1 John chapter 3. You need to mark that in your Bibles. And the Bible said in Galatians, and because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Uh, folks, there's too many signs. You know, we, we want to talk about the initial sign, and I believe, and I'm going to talk about the initial sign of the spirit coming into you. But there are many signs that follow. The receiving of the spirit of God into your life is the beginning of a fruitful life in the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to me? Because I want to tell you the continuing evidence is more important to me than a one-time act. Hello? By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. Guess what? The fruit of the Spirit. We're going to talk about that. The fruit of the Spirit. 
what evidence comes out of your life. So, so we, when, when we come to God, we're witness that we are dwelling in him and he is dwelling in us. Why receive the Holy Ghost? Somebody said, well, why, why do I want the Holy Ghost? Why receive the Holy Ghost? Well, it brings rest and peace and joy. There's all the scriptures listed right there. The Bible said the Holy Ghost helps us pray. You know what the Bible said? When, when, when you get down to pray, the Spirit, the Spirit maketh utterance for you. The Spirit prays through you. There's a difference in, now listen to me, there's a difference in saying a prayer and praying in the Spirit. The Bible talked about praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude called it praying in the Holy Ghost. How do you pray in the Holy Ghost? Well, let me tell you what I believe. Now, I, I, I mean, I've been around this thing all my life. I know the difference in saying a prayer over, over somebody or or saying a prayer over the meal and getting down and having a talk with God and getting in tune with the Lord and starting to pray and pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray until you're speaking in tongues. Pray until the glory of God's coming down and heaven is touching earth. You know, you've been around here very long. You know what I'm talking about. There's times when you pray and then there's times when you really pray. Hello? I want, to, I, want, I want that experience and, and that Holy Ghost power in me. Holy Ghost power. Here's what the Bible said in Romans chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. i got a question for you. Have you ever prayed to the place of groanings that were unutterable? If not, we need to. See this, watch me now. This is why in the old days they talked about going in, going out in the woods and finding an old pine stump. This is why they talked about getting away in a closet of prayer. Could I just talk to you for a minute? This is not in my notes, but this is, this is real stuff. You get the best prayer and the most out of prayer when you get alone with God. Corporate prayer is good. But there's nothing like a personal prayer where you and Jesus. And there have been times where all I could say was, oh, God. Oh, God. You ever been there? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the Bible speaks of this. He maketh intercession. The Bible said there's one mediator between man and God, and that is the man Christ Jesus. When you go to Jesus, he takes your case. The Bible said he's an advocate. He's a lawyer. He will make intercession for you. He will, when you, uh, I, 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 know, I know what it's like because I've been there so many times. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 14, watch this. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. Paul's talking about praying in the Holy Ghost. He said, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding, I don't even know what I'm saying, but the spirit is making intercession for me. Do you understand that? When you're down and, and you're praying and the Holy Ghost comes upon you 
I'm going to teach some down-to-earth stuff here right now. And you come to stammering lips, and then suddenly your tongue is loose, and you're speaking in a heavenly language. When something's happening in your spirit, you may not even know what all you're saying, but the spirit is making intercession for you. And your understanding's not there, but you know how you're feeling and trying to touch God, and you're speaking the Lord to the Lord in a tongue that only he understands. Man don't understand it. That makes sense. Anybody ever been there? It's not an embarrassment. I've been there many times when the Spirit had to make intercession. But ye beloved, building up yourself in the most holy faith, the Bible said, Jude said, praying in the Holy Ghost. So the Lord, the Comforter, helps us pray. The Holy Ghost helps us pray. Not only that, it gives us power to witnesses, power to witness. Jesus so told those that were at uh, at his ascension when he was about to leave this earth, he said, go to Jerusalem and tarry there. You mean do power on high. And then he said this, you're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you're going to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. You're going to be witnesses. Let me tell you, when you get the real experience of the Holy Ghost, you are not going to be quiet about it. He's going to make you a witness. He gives us power, power. Acts 4.31 says, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. I know you're watching tonight, Mom. And uh, I had an occasion to be with her today in a man's office. And he's a longtime friend of mine. He's been to this church. And uh, he's an attorney. And we, we got to talking. And, and uh, he got to tell him about some of his experience. And he told about the time, first time he ever came here. And he's, he, I'll say it because he said it. He said, now, he said it was different from an old for an old Presbyterian boy, and uh, and and he got talking and 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 I before I knew it, Mom had the floor, and I loved it. And she got to telling him when she was eleven years old. She'd been raised around the church. Her mom and dad were great saints of God, powerful people. My my grandpa my grandpa would pray, and you could hear him as far you see just about it. I remember going to the lake with him and, and was having a sandwich in a boat and somebody said, Papa, bless the sandwich. My God, have mercy. Every fish almost turned belly up. That was my grandpa. He had a booming voice and he could pray. But my mom been raised in the church. She got to tell him, uh, telling uh, my friend today, she said, I, when I was 11 years old, I told God, and I told you this Sunday, she said, I told God I wanted the Holy Ghost, and I, I, if this was for me, she said, if this is for me, I want you to give me an experience that I will never doubt in my life. And she said, you could put me in a football stadium today, and everybody else may not believe, but I believe because God got a hold of me. And he said, she told me, she said, when I started speaking in tongues, she said, I, it was hours. She said, I couldn't quit. I got so scared because I couldn't quit. She said, my mom and dad had went down to fix the cattle gap a quarter of a mile down the road. And I can tell you right where that place is. But she took off running down that road, speaking in tongues. And when she got there, she was still spent. They first thought something was wrong with her. But when she got there and, and they realized what was going on, they rejoiced with her. And for hours, she spoke in a heavenly language. That's what happens sometime. Not every time, but that's what what can happen when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with an experience you can never doubt. Ladies and gentlemen, I've come to tell you it's real, it's real, I know it's real. It's Pentecostal blessing and I know, I know it's real. Does anybody agree with me today? You can't quit talking about it when you get the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will ignite a fire in you. That's why the Bible said they spake the word of God with boldness. If you're tired of me preaching about the Holy Ghost, I'm sorry I'm not stopping because you get what you preach. And I'm going to preach Holy Ghost till everybody believes in this church and everybody receives in this church the power of the Holy Ghost. 
You don't have to get the Holy Ghost on a Sunday morning. You don't have to receive the Holy Ghost when I give an altar call. You go get in your bedroom and do just like my mother did and say, I want to know, Lord, if this is real. And if it's real, I want you to give it to me where nobody's there but you and God. And let me tell you what's fixing to happen. He's fixing to baptize you with the Holy Ghost if you're sincere. Amen. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. Acts 17, 6, one more scripture. The Bible said, when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain of the brothers to the rulers of the city, crying, these are they that have turned the world upside down, and they're come hither also. In other words, here's comes, here comes some people that they're making a difference because the Holy Ghost has given them power. Not only, not only does he give you power, he, he teaches and guides and shows you things to come. Amen. The Bible said in John 14, 26, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. You know, I, I can't tell you, I can't tell you how many times in my lifetime somebody's come to me and said, Well, Pastor, is this wrong? I want to say, Are you saved? Do you know how to pray? Why do you want me to make all the judgment calls? I can't tell you how many times I've just wanted to say, if you pray, if you get full of the Holy Ghost, you'll know. I don't know about you, but my Holy Ghost checks me. If I start doing something I shouldn't do, my, my, my Holy Ghost checks me. Are y'all with me? If you've been around very long and, and, and you've, you've been in touch with God, you know I'm telling you the truth. There, you know, there have been times in my life that all of a sudden no preacher was there. Mama wasn't there. Daddy wasn't there. Didn't have a Bible in my hand. All of a sudden the Holy Ghost said, don't go there. Don't do that. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. That's what the Bible said. Amen. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. It's not the gift of suspicion if you're walking with God. It's the Holy Ghost talking to you. It's not, well, I felt like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not a mag, magic guy, magician, or soothsayer and I don't even claim to be a prophet but here's what I do know there have been many times in my life that I saw it coming before it ever got there many times and, and, and most of the time it was while I was praying the Lord would speak to me and say yeah yeah that 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 many I'll tell you something else and you've done this too if you if you walk with God you wake up in the middle of the night the Lord wakes you up and says this, 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 this. I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me in my lifetime. And I knew before it happened because the Bible said you, he, he's going to show you things to come. So he's teaching you. The Holy Ghost is teaching you and he's guiding you and he's showing you things. And, and besides all of that, he gives you power over the enemy. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let me tell you, the devil has no power in my life as long as I keep God in rightful place in my soul. Amen? He told his own disciples, he said, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I have power, not because of me, but because who lives in me. I have power over the enemy if you stay full of the Holy Ghost. Now, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, I don't, I don't give you any kind of hope with dealing with the devil because you're no match for the devil. But with God, you can conquer every enemy. Amen. 
Here's what Isaiah said centuries, centuries before Jesus came along. When the, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. You know what a standard is? That's a wall. When the enemy comes, the spirit of the Lord will put a wall up where the enemy can't get to you. Amen? I, I heard, I've, I've often read this scripture this way, just put the comma in another place. When the enemy shall come in, comma, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard. I believe God protects his people. I believe the Lord has given us power over every enemy. I believe it is the will of God for us to stay safe in the arms of God. I believe he puts protecting angels around us. And I believe when we pray that God sends the forces of heaven to conquer the forces of hell in our life, we have power over our enemy through the Holy Ghost. Through the Holy Ghost. Amen. Ye are of God, little children. What John said, ye are of God, little children, writing to the church, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank God for the power of the enemy. And not only that, but the Holy Ghost opens the door to the other gifts of the Spirit. Now, I want you to understand something. We'll say this, and we're going to study the gifts of the Spirit possibly next week. But listen to me right now. You can't take the book of Acts as an epistle. The book of Acts is called the Acts of the Apostles where the church was born. But when you take Romans through Jude as the epistles or the letters to the church, then 1 Corinthians tells us in chapters 12 through 14 about the gifts of what? The gifts of what? The Spirit. What Spirit? The Holy Ghost. So you can't have the gifts of the Spirit until you have the Spirit. Does that make sense? See, there's so much confusion. Well, I read over here where, where, where Paul said it's better to prophesy. Well, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Paul's writing to people who have already been baptized with the Holy Ghost. He's writing to people who have already been buried in the water in the name of Jesus. He's not writing to the sinner on the street. He's writing to the church. If you go read, you will find where Paul says over and over, I'm, I'm writing to you. I'm writing to the church. I'm writing to the Corinthians. I'm writing to the, the, the Ephesians. I, I'm writing to, to the church at Thessalonica. There's letters to the church. The letters that he wrote, included the gifts of the Spirit. So when you get the Holy Ghost, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then you can be a part and desire spiritual gifts. Let me see how I can put this in, in real easy terminology for you. If I say to you, these are the automobiles of Danny Chance. Who do they belong to? Danny Chance Bank, probably. But Danny Chance, okay? So identify, identify who they belong to. When we say the gifts of the Spirit, we mean, and Paul means, and the Scripture means, that these are gifts that can be had when you receive the Spirit. You can't confuse 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 with Acts chapter 2 or Acts chapter 10 or Acts chapter 19 because these are experiences where people came and spake in a heavenly language and they are totally different from what is happening in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. I will get to that and you want to be here when I do because we're going to make sure you understand what the gifts of the Spirit are. Now, first evidence. Next chart, please, Brother Tommy. I told you I wasn't going to get through with this tonight, and I'm not. I'm going to get through with, with lesson eight tonight. 
the first evidence of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. The first evidence. Everybody say this with me, the first evidence. I want you to see this is speaking with other tongues. That's the first evidence. Now, how do I know this? Why do we say this? Let me ask you this. What happened, what sign was it in Acts chapter 2 that they all received the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2? Let's just, you got your Bibles? Just go there. Let me just take a minute because this is important, folks. I know this is elementary to some of you that's been around Pentecost for 50 years, but you know what? Some people may not know this. So we're going to take time tonight. This is not about you. It's about them. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, they were in one accord. This is a scripture I read Sunday, by the way, in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire. And it set upon each of them, verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Everybody say this with me. They were all, not 12 apostles. They were all. There was about 120, the Scriptures tell us. You can read that in Acts chapter 1, about 120. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay? So how'd they know they got the Holy Ghost? They spoke with tongues, right? If you have your Bibles, let's go over here to Acts chapter 10. I want you to see this. You, you ought to have this marked in your Bible. Amen. Acts 10, 44. While this is where Peter came down to Cornelius' household. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, everybody say this with me, that's Jews. They of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Who's got the Bible open and can read for me real loud? Who's reading that? Nobody reading that with me? Okay, I'll read it myself. For... They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. How'd they know they got the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 10? For, that word for means because they heard them speak with tongues. So, now you notice the second thing there, Mary, the mother of Jesus, I didn't mean to bypass that, but in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, you'll find where Mary, the mother of Jesus, was in the upper room. Hey, let me give you a sermon. You ready? Jesus was in her before birth, and now he's back in her. Oh, that'll preach. He came back as the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 1, she was there in the upper room. In Acts chapter 2, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. The Samaritans, I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. Cornelius, family and friends, they were all there. Cornelius. You say, well, tell me about Cornelius. Let me tell you about Cornelius. Verse 1 of chapter 10. There's a man of Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Watch this. A devout man. Everybody say he, he was religious. One that feared God with all of his house. He had the fear of God. He gave much alms to the people, paid his tithes, gave offerings, prayed to God always. Sound like a pretty good guy, doesn't he? But the Lord said, Cornelius, you've got to have the Holy Ghost. And he sent Peter down to him. And in, in verse 44, the Bible said, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And the Bible said, For they heard them, verse 46, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So, the Jews, Acts chapter 2. The Gentiles, Acts chapter 10. Now watch this, Acts chapter 19. Take your Bible and go there with me. Let's just do this together. Isn't this fun? Hallelujah. 
You say, I'm tired of that, preacher. You preached that the last three times. So, I'm going to preach it till you get it. Paul came, excuse me, it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now stop right there. If you received the Holy Ghost when you believed, why did Paul say to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? That's a pretty good question. Somebody said, well, you get the Holy Ghost when you believe. Well, then why did Paul say, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I'm going to prove to you in just a minute, believing is not all it is to it. Watch this. He said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. He said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that ye should believe on him which could come after me, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. And they, they did what? They spake with new tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. How'd they know they got the Holy Ghost? Because they heard them speak with tongues. I'm giving you the incidents in the Bible where people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. Let me take you back to Acts chapter 8. Because this is where the Holy Ghost came at Samaria. Okay? Uh, Philip preaches in Samaria in, in verse 4. Let's see. Uh, there was great, the Bible said, let me just read it. Verse 4. Therefore they were scattered abroad went, and went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto the things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and, they were, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame and were healed. There was great joy in the city. Sounds like a good revival. There was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip wondering or, and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. When, when the apostles were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. They didn't have it yet. Verse 16 says this, For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They had believed. Don't you get quiet on me. They had believed because you don't get baptized without being a believer. They had believed and they were baptized. But verse 16 said they didn't have the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw through the laying on of hands of the apostles, or the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Now, what? I got a question for you. Bible doesn't say there they spoke with tongues. It doesn't say that. It said Simon saw when they laid their hands on them. He saw. I'm asking you what he saw. He can't see inside of them. He saw something. I submit to you, and I'm not adding to the Scripture or taking away, there was a visible sign that he saw them receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he tried to buy it with money. You can go and read that chapter if you want to. My point is that the evidence, the first evidence of the Holy Spirit is speaking with other tongues. 
you find that all through the scriptures, the disciples of John, and then you find the Apostle Paul in Acts 9, 17, and 18. We know the Apostle Paul spoke in tongues because he said in his writings, I, spoke, I speak with tongues more than ye all. I still believe in speaking in tongues. Does anybody believe that with me? I still believe it's real. I still pray in tongues. I still believe that there are prayer language in tongues, that you can get in the Spirit and pray in tongues. I still believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and one of them is the gift of tongues. A lot of people will argue with you and say, well, no, everybody don't have the gift of tongues. I agree to that. I totally agree to that. The Bible said he gives to men gifts severally as he will, but you desire spiritual gifts. Everybody don't have the gift of tongues. But I will tell you this, the gift of tongues is not the same as the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost because I've already said it to you. You can't have the gift of tongues without having the gift of the Holy Ghost. Does that make sense to everybody? Am I spinning my wheels here? I know, I know. This has been taught so many times in this church. But we are, we are living in a day when doctrine is being attacked. And, and to some people, it's all about just having big numbers. And everybody come as you are and do as you please. And you don't have to do anything. We've, I'm very careful here, but we've, we've come to, to the age where to hear some folks say it, everybody's saved. Everybody's okay. Well, I don't believe that. I believe to get into the kingdom of God, you've got to be born again with the water and the spirit. That's the Bible. I'm still going to stick with the Bible. Amen? So, so why did God choose tongues? I said it a little bit on Sunday. Here's... Here's logical reasons. If you go, you have to go read James chapter 3 to understand the tongue. The Bible said the, James compared the tongue to a small rudder of a ship and, 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 and a bit in a horse's mouth. He said, You put a bit in a horse's mouth. You, you take a thousand, eleven hundred pound horse and put a bit in his mouth and turn him, right? Stopping. You take a rudder, a small rudder, and put it on a ship and turn it to the right or to the left. Bible said that's, that's what the tongue is compared to. James compared it. He, he, he said the tongue is the most unruly member of our body. It's the most unruly member. I believe that. If you don't believe that, you haven't been living very long. I'm going to tell you right now, it's, it's, a, it's a little member that kindles a great fire. Amen. It's your chief means of expression. It is, the Bible said, no man can tame it. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Why'd God choose tongues? I'll tell you why. Because that little rascal right here can get you in more trouble and cause more disaster. Look, we... we Man, I get so sick of this. I really do. You could say something and the world can dissect it and bisect it and make it something like you never even dreamed you were saying. I'm telling you the truth. You know I'm telling you. They'll pick one word out of a speech and say, uh-huh, look what he said. Uh-huh, look what she said. And they might not admit that. The tongue is an unruly member. It's, it's, it's evil. It's full of poison. But God chose tongues. It's an obvious external uniform sign when a man comes to God. And I'm going to tell you, you come too late to tell me it don't happen because I've seen thousands receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speak in a language that God gives them. I've seen it. I know it. And besides that, I've got it. What is a man with an argument against a man with an experience? Hello. Amen. So I close with this. we got four minutes. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? That's, that's the last chart. Go to there, Brother Tommy. I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. 
But I want you to notice, have you received that? Step one, repent, believe the gospel. Ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Repentance. We talked about it over and over. Talked about it Sunday. Water baptism. It's the new covenant sign. When, when you come to Jesus, you're baptized into Christ. When you go down, you bury the old man. When you come up, the Bible said you rise to walk in the newness of life. Everybody say amen. Number three, you get comfortable. What do you mean? Well, there's, you know, there's no certain way you've got to receive the Holy Ghost. The Bible said they were all sitting in the upper room. They'd been there 10 days. They was tired. You go to a 10-day prayer meeting and see if you ain't tired. Huh? They were sitting. They weren't standing. They weren't running. They weren't jumping. They weren't shouting. The Bible said they were sitting. Get comfortable. Ask and believe God for the gift. The Bible said in, in Luke chapter 11, I, I got to read that scripture right quick. I, I, I started to quote it and tried to, to grab it. Uh, let me see where it's at. I know it's in these notes because I read it today. Let's just go there right quick. Uh, Luke chapter 11, I want to go there because I want to read you this. I want to read you this. Amen. Y'all are bored? Well, I'm sorry. I'm getting paid to do this. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Let me go right there. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Watch this. Jesus is talking. For everyone that asketh, what? Receiveth. And seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Watch this. If a son asks bread for any of you that a father uh, that is, a father, will, give him, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. I love this scripture. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Ask. And believe God for it. Number five, offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. Number six, let the Spirit submerge and flow out of you. That's John 7, 37. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Number, number seven, become as a little child. I love this. I love this because the Scripture talks often about us becoming as a little child. Except you become as a little child. You can't, you can't have the kingdom of God. Surrender yourself to God. Surrender your tongue to God. Surrender your hands to God. Surrender. Look, the Holy Ghost is no mystical thing that we cannot experience. God did not give us something or offer us something that, that is hard for men to receive. He wants every person to receive the baptism of his spirit. And I believe that he wants us to receive a book of Acts experience. Of all the books of the New Testament, you know which one does not say amen at the last word and the end of it? All the epistles that were written, but not Acts, because he wants revival to carry on in these last days. So here's, here's what you do, exactly what you do to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. These things right here. And that's not where you stop, but that's where you receive that initial experience. Let me tell you something. When you come to Jesus and you, you humble yourself before God and you believe and you repent and you, you've done the things and God baptizes you with the Holy Ghost, it's not the end of the journey. It's the very beginning of some great things in your life. It's the greatest thing that can happen to you because it's life-changing. You have Jesus every day of your life. You go to bed with him. You get up with him. You drive down the road with him. You come to church with him. You work in the garden with him. You go to the job with him. You, you, you go fishing with him. You go shopping with him. Everything you do, you got God right here. And that's a difference in real Christianity because he's not just a figment of our imagination or he's not just somebody there when we need him. He is 24-7 every day all day, 365 days of every year living inside of us and when we need him, he's there to give us victory. 
Stand all over the house with me. Hallelujah. Next week, sec, lesson nine. I, if I haven't taught that good the last three times I've been here, I'm sorry. I don't know anymore what I've done. Amen. But I'll tell you right now, you ought to grasp this. Come on, ushers. Let's receive an offering here tonight. This is not free Pentecost. We believe in tithes, and we believe in offerings, and we believe in missions, and we believe in we just believe in giving. Amen. So just go right ahead, brethren. I'll I'll pray in just a few minutes. But I, I, anybody questions, uh, comments, testimonies, whatever, whatever. Anybody here? Anybody? I tried to help you here tonight, Jimmy. This week, isn't that great? How old is he? Ten years old, received the baptism. Isn't that awesome? Give the Lord praise for that. Amen. I said Sunday I received the Holy Ghost when I was seven. I want to tell you, I probably need to, I probably need to, to say a little more than that. I've had to have it over and over and over since then. <laughs> and it's okay because the Bible said, that you're saved by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. How many of you have ever had to go back and get a renewing of the Holy Ghost? Just keep seeking God. Keep seeking God. Folks, let, let's don't make this some mystical thing. Let's don't make this something that's hard for people to receive. You can walk down here anytime. You can, you can, you don't have to walk down here. You could repent where you are, raise your hands, begin to praise God, and God baptize you with the Holy Ghost. I wish it would happen every service in this church that brand new people would come to the Lord and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Amen. Anything else? Real quick. Real quick. Okay? I'm sorry? Go get them, Sister Deborah. You're the best at that. I love you. I love you. She's telling the truth. They're not just coming. You got to go get them. Take it to the streets. I love you. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today for the word of the Lord for this wonderful people. God, you, are, you have done the things that you should do, and now it's up to us. We ask you to let the Word of God sink deep into our spirit. Let it be in our mind and in our heart. Let this doctrine and this gospel consume us. In the name of Jesus, I pray it today. Bless our people. Let them be blessed this week before we come back to the house of the Lord on Sunday. In Jesus' name, do a work. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Sunday morning, Jeff Ferris, we're going to have church. Don't miss it. Somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost.